0: is mark madden joining me now as always he is the 16 time world heavyweight champion and boy we got a lot to go over today so let's waste no more time and bring on the man he is the nature boy rick flair tell him Nate. michael how are you well not as bad as the steelers but
1: listen by the way i'm hanging could in get- there you can continue to call me the man because they still don't own it
0: i told you i let you know when they did Nate, <laughs> as you know, I always adhere to all copyrights and trademarks. So, yes, <laughs> you are, woo, the man. To be, anyway. <laughs> How are you, guys? Good, doing good, Nate. And uh, I want to go current with the opening of the show because an old uh, legendary opponent of yours hit a big number on the AEW show. Uh, AEW went over a million viewership, which they they haven't done regularly in quite a while and the main event was sting c m punk and darby Allin against f t r and m j f and uh you you give the majority of the credit for that number to the stinger don't you
1: i do yeah well I, the whole scenario was great but i mean i i can't help but uh poke fun at him because uh you know he's he's like he really legitimately is what we call an icon and he's um given so much of the business and he did he was really actively participated in the match. He looked great. He did the dive off the top rope onto the guys. And uh, I mean, I, my hat's off to him And I think it was great. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like every time they bring back Austin to Raw or something like that, it was it's they're going to get a number just because of who the who, who the main event guy is. And I mean, the match was was good. And the guys fed sting. I mean, that was he couldn't have asked for a better scenario. And no I'm, no question. I'm, I'm happy for him. And then and Punk I'm, Punk paint tribute to him was awesome too. I love, I really enjoyed that.
0: Yeah, Punk with the face paint, Sting with the punk face paint. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I, I think we, I think we got to give Punk some credit for the rating too and just really everybody involved oh, MJF yeah, yeah, yeah. especially. No,
1: I'm, not, I, I'm not taking anybody out of the equation. I just i s I'm I'm shooting, I'm always, you know, rooting for the old guy. <laughs> but no, they all did a great job. Are you kidding? There was the, the components, everybody worked together. Nobody seemed to be upset with anybody else's momentum. They shared it, they passed it around, and the guys, uh the tag team you like, said, Well, those guys fed everybody. They it it just was a perfect blend of chemistry and uh and, and uh, the emotion was high. Greensboro is a great wrestling town. Uh, as hard as WCW tried to kill it, it's still there and they'll always remember Sting. And then we had that classic classic champions match there years ago. So I'm I'm really happy for him and um, I'm happy for AEW. I'm happy for Punk and everybody else involved, MGF, all those guys.
0: Well, it, I, it I do great. give I do give FTR a lot of credit uh, Dax yep. and cash because they yes. are an ideal tag team for making opponents they are oh old God. school they, in every they, way and they just they just, just feed perfectly they look like
1: they look like the horseman feeding dusty <laughs>
0: well I'm sure they could think of no higher compliment that's that, that's, that's high praise God's especially God's, from God's you honest truth
1: God's on his truth they look like the horseman feeding dusty and that's the one thing that I think is great um and 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 also, it was a long match. Once again, 30 minutes. But they never stopped. Nobody slowed down. Nobody got tired. <laughs> if they did, you certainly didn't see it in their work rate. Everybody performed at a very high level. Those are the kind of things that make me proud to be a wrestler, watching stuff I, like that.
0: I'm going to disagree with one thing. I, I think... AEW has too many matches that are too long. And certainly as a, as a former wrestler, Nate, I know you have great respect for the guys who have the cardio and the pacing to do a long match like that. I don't know if it always holds the attention. I think it should be the exception rather than the rule, but it's becoming the rule on their TV show.
1: Well, you know, kind of, as you alluded to last week, if it's getting a rating and, it's, and, then, and our numbers are going up with these longer matches... You know, I I don't I'm not the one that can 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 make that determination, but I'm just as a, as a fan and overall observer of the product, I think it was great, and I, I'm I'm happy for them, happy for Tony, and always happy when a younger guy that is a big star in his own right, meaning Punk, um, gives a, a lot of praise to the
0: Sting. I'm not sure just, Punk's quite a younger guy anymore, but uh, I, I get credit for guys like MJF he's, he's, and Darby Allin.
1: He's 20 years younger than Sting. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a serious. That's that's young. I mean, just Steve is 62 years old and out there rocking it, man. No, he's, he's amazing. But, yeah. He's amazing. No no question that... Uh, and Punk's a big star in the business. So for him to do that uh, is a very unselfish thing and it makes me think more of him every day. I don't know him very well, but uh, things like that are what make make people that are, have been in the business a long time like me take notice and pay attention and be very respectful of them.
0: I just wonder if they're ever going to get to like 1.2 million, 1.5 million. I wonder what they have to do to grow that audience and bring in some different fans and maybe some casual fans.
1: Well, I don't know, Mark. I, I don't have the answer to that because I don't look at the demographic studies. I don't look at the 18 to 35. I, it, well, I no, they, look-
0: they do real well in the 18 to 49, which bodes well for growth. It's just yes. a matter of yes. when it does pay off. And, you know, it, I hope it's sooner, or not later.
1: Well, yeah, you know, I'm sure they're not going anywhere. So it'll come. You know, I, like I told you, they need to get, now they need to stay above a million again. So for me, my my, in my competitive mind is, if they've hit it now and they hit it a couple of times and went back, now the key for them is to figure out how to stay above a million and go to the next level of 1.2 or whatever it is.
0: Right. I totally agree. If they can have a base of a million a, a sustained, yeah. And sustain it well put, they eventually will build on that. Yeah. And I think they have the talent to do it. Again, the the only thing I question is how much they can get their stars on TV in three hours of TV time total in the week they have 15 pounds of sugar for a 10 pound bag and you know that's on tony to, to make the best of it to keep everybody happy I, I i don't think you can ever have too much talent until the talent thinks you have too much talent
1: yeah but you just said something they have 10 pounds of sugar not 10 pounds of the other problem <laughs> <laughs> well that's true that's absolutely right they do have talent and there, eventually there, there, there is another expression about that
2: because, oh no with, i i
1: with I but was alluding the, to that. The fact, the fact that you're calling it sugar, which I am too, is not a problem.
0: Oh, no, nobody would ever question the, the talent on their roster, I don't yeah. think. But but the philosophy of rotating guys off TV, I don't think anybody ever became a star being rotated off TV. I, I don't think you can do that indefinitely and not have certain guys suffer for it.
1: I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm, not, I'm not booking it. I'm, I'm just I'm just watching it, and I don't have. No one's going to criticize me for anything except tell them what I think, which I'm entitled to say. Unlike no question, but, of, but unlike a lot of other people that have podcasts. But
0: Nate, you never got rotated <laughs> off TV, did you?
1: No. Well, there you go. But but I was always in a championship picture. The champion's always got to be on TV.
0: Well, let's I, uh, let's move on to our friends and foes segment because. Uh, the foe is one of your most legendary of all time. In fact, he participated in uh, what is my favorite Ric Flair feud, uh, right up there with the Steamboat feud. In fact, it was in the same year, and that was the legendary Terry Funk. Now, yes. everybody remembers you and Terry in 1989, but when Terry's family ran the Amarillo territory, how often did you work that territory, and what's your memories of that?
1: I only worked it once or twice as the NWA champion. It was kind of... the uh, Dory senior passed away. I never did get to meet their dad. But um, as you know, Junior came over to Book Florida when I was a world champion. Terry was the world champion. You know, once they started to disband a little bit and without a territory in place, meaning Terry, Dory was, you know, they both were big stars in Japan going back and forth. Then Junior came over to Book Florida where he still lives now in Ocala. Terry was the world champion, so it's pretty hard to run a territory when the two guys that run it are on the road are gone. So it kind of disbanded, but I, I, I can't tell you that I wasn't there. Um, next to Kansas City, it was the worst territory in the country. <laughs> really?
0: No, wh- wh- why is that?
1: I don't know. Wrestling for an hour in, uh, in uh, the Hereford barn. <laughs> was, it, it, was it really a barn? It was a it was a uh, a three thousand seat rodeo arena with, with a dirt floor. <laughs> no, wow. Am- obviously Amarillo was fun, Lubbock was fun, um, that whole part of the country. But you know, it, I'm not a fan of a, of West Texas. I, I don't. I love Dallas. I love San Antonio and Austin. I love Houston. But West Texas, they can have.
0: Well, I'm not gave, a fan. Of- if they gave me the King
1: Ranch, I wouldn't take it.
0: I'm not a fan of dirt well, floors, you. so maybe that. Huh? Maybe that. I'm not a fan of dirt floors, so maybe that. That oh, I've speaks re- for I've itself.
1: A few of those. We were walking through the mud to get to the ring.
0: <laughs> now, when the feud with Terry kicked off in 1989, it was right after you beat Steamboat for the title yeah. at WrestleWar, and Terry was at ringside to be a judge yes. in case it went to a draw. It was. It was uh, him and a. Uh, a penthouse pet, I believe, who gave you the decision, and Jason Hervey, I think. That is quite a distinguished panel of of wrestling (laughs) experts there. And and then uh, Terry came into the ring, and honestly, until the moment he stepped into the ring, I never dreamed he was going to get involved. I think there was a a legitimate element of surprise that existed when he came in and it got physical.
1: Oh, absolutely. Nobody knew it. And I didn't know what he was going to do either. By the way, he almost broke my neck here. This is what started hardcore wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. For those of you who don't know it, you can ask the Dudleys, you can ask Tommy Dreamer. This move where the table did not break and he almost broke my neck is, what is, <laughs> is how hardcore wrestling evolved.
0: Now, I was going to ask you about even that.
1: He He said, follow me. Follow me, Rick. Follow me. I said, follow you where? I mean, you know, because you know Terry, right? <laughs> I don't even think he knew what he was going to do until we were out
0: there. Well, uh, it was a pile driver onto a table. Yeah. And I'm assuming the table wasn't at all gimmicked. It didn't break. In fact, you no. could see your head and neck bounce off it, oh, which yeah, actually exactly. added, to, added to the injury angle. But So you had no idea you were going to be pile driven on the table.
1: Absolutely none. I would have never gone for it had I known. Funk is crazy. You don't understand this. I've wrestled a lot of crazy guys, Brody, Hanson, to no nobody's crazier than Terry Funk. And Terry Funk was really tough, too. So um he didn't mind taking it. I hit Terry Funk harder than I've ever hit anybody in my life when I was chopping him. as you've seen, I mean, you know, Terry and I have had some really good exchanges it's a different time in life, and I, I can't you know i I talk to Terry now probably once a week. He's finally back home. he's been in bad health, but he's he he, he, came, he came back out of, but he got out of the. Facility he was in that was uh, helping him get back on his feet. He's home and uh, God, he's tougher than you know. He's like he's like Harley Race, one of those guys that's just too tough to die. And so I'm just thankful that I ever ever had the opportunity to wrestle with him. I've got some Terry Funk stories that I can't even tell on the podcast, even though it's uncensored. I can't tell them.
0: <laughs> I've got some Terry Funk but, stories I can't tell on the podcast too. So so we we no, both he's, got he's great. He's the greatest. Oh, one of my favorite wrestlers and favorite uh, men ever. Just was always yeah, yeah. a pleasure to deal with for me and, and what, taught me wanna, so much about the business.
1: Should I just tell you one, one, exact, one Terry Funk story, right? So we're at Raleigh TV, and, and Greg Valentine and myself were bringing Terry back from Raleigh TV to Charlotte. And we were drinking um, that Foster's Lager beer, right? And we bought a bottle of grain alcohol. And we were pouring it, you know, just be like we're crazy in the old days. And we came to a stop on Monroe on Monroe on Monroe Road in Charlotte. And Terry got out of the car naked with a the world championship belt on him. And this is like, now this is 76, 77. Maybe it's 70, yeah, 77 or 8. And he's actually like directing traffic. There was no cars, but he it like he was. it was. It's two in the morning. So from there, we take, Greg takes, oh, and all the way home, he kept letting Greg, Greg Valentine's hair on fire in the car. So we get to my house, and uh, I had a pit bull then that jumped over the fence, came over the fence, and jumped and bit Terry and bit, bit him right through his nose. I mean, a bad bite. Through his nose? Yeah, bit through, bit his, through his nose. He jumped on top of Terry. So, well, shit, no
0: wonder he piled yeah. drove you through the table.
1: No, no, this is uh, later on, yeah. So this, so he's the world champion. So we go inside, and my wife is out for the evening, and uh, um, I paid the babysitter to go in Megan's room. And she was a little baby at that time, and just staying there. And Terry, Terry came in the house, and he, <laughs> He took a knife out of the, you know, the the canister that holds knives and put it between his teeth like he was a pirate and crawled around my backyard trying to catch that dog. Well, I had gotten sick, which I never do. And my wife came home with one of her friends and opened the door and said, "Um, well, this is my husband, I'm embarrassed to say, and uh, let me see. Oh, yeah. And that's uh, Terry Funk, the world champion out in our backyard. (laughs) She took all my clothes, not my first experience, she took all my clothes, threw them out in the front yard of the house, three o'clock in the morning. And the next thing I knew, I had a silver Eldorado and I didn't I knew I woke up at the downtown in Charlotte, which is sad to say I don't remember how I got there. And Funk was already gone to another city. <laughs> and I had to figure out a way to get back into my house. So it was Never never a dull moment in the seventies with Nature Boy and, and Terry Funk together.
0: Well, that angle at WrestleWar turned you baby face, but you were kind of a baby face already, I thought. I mean the fans had kind of pushed you in that direction despite you not liking it. Oh uh, well I didn't I, I didn't mind it because with Terry I didn't
1: have I didn't have to worry about not being able to do anything offensively except hit him. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, our matches weren't around drop kicks of leap down leapfrogs you know moon salts and everything It was just a war i mean it really was i hit i would hit him as hard as i possibly could
0: <laughs> well we're, we're going to talk There's about we're going to talk uh, about steamboat at a later date but uh, but uh, when he was the family man in your feud you know with his wife and kids yeah. and you were the playboy with all the models yeah. was for you i mean how could they not see that was the fans were going to decide who had all the girls
1: well, that's that's one of those things that you know I've, I've talked about Ricky. I I don't think Ricky had a choice. I think Bonnie kind of pushed that on him, which I've I've said you know not just the first time I've ever made the comment. You know, Bonnie wanted to be Miss Elizabeth more than Miss Elizabeth wanted to be Miss Elizabeth. So that's kind of a um, an old an old told story. I put it in my book because I I feel like she cost him you know ten million dollars which I said publicly, but she guided his career and he, uh, you know, Rick is such a good guy. I, I don't know whatever went on behind the scenes, but I don't I, th- I think Rick would have preferred to um, not. that he didn't like being with his son. It had nothing to do with his son, but he, I don't think he liked being portrayed I me mean, being that much under thumb, if that makes sense.
0: Now, you just, were awful. You you were off almost three months to sell the injury to Terry. That's a long mm-hmm. time for you. What uh, what was that? What did you do with yourself?
1: Uh I don't think I was off. I think I was downtown Atlanta. I mean, I was working a little bit, but I was I was staying in Atlanta, and uh, whatever work I was doing, then I don't know. Just you know me, Mark. I can find something to do anywhere. I certainly right, but you weren't
0: you, you, you weren't on TV. You weren't on. You know, it was it was a different time for you.
1: Oh, exactly. Yeah, you talking about '89. Yeah, yeah, I know it was hard. I, I, I love being on TV, but I understood the, the importance of what we thought we had, and ultimately, it worked out great with the Clash of Champions and all that. Um, and then we did the other thing with uh, in Philadelphia. Well, that thing with Sting and I, I mean, it, it, it it evolved into a hell of an angle, and it, and it drew a lot of money.
0: No, no question the first match was at the Great American Bash in Baltimore yes. a- against Terry that was your comeback match and boy yeah. I remember that went crazy it was yeah. obviously more of a brawl than a match which made sense given the angle but, but boy it, it had a lot of intensity
1: yeah, it did that, that's who Terry and I were he, you know he, he thrived on being the best at what he did as, as did I and I you know as I tell everybody today if you don't want to be the best you're not going to be the best and so you take what you have, and uh, as I've said, I said, the bay face wall I didn't like because I didn't have a lot of offensive tools the chop, the woo. You know, I, I, I could sell real good for guys that would stay on me. Um, but with Terry, it was just a war, and it was a fight, and it was real. And if anybody doesn't think that it was real, you should, you should have been in there with us. You can see he's hitting me right in the windpipe right here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was by design.
0: Well, at at one point, uh, as part of an angle, he put a plastic bag over your head to suffocate you. We almost almost lost TBS. I know, that was kids, don't try this at home. What do you remember about that? Whose idea was that?
1: It was ad-lib Terry Funk. I didn't even know it was coming.
0: Really? (laughs) Really. (laughs) Because there was a lot of heat. There was a lot of heat behind the scenes for that, wasn't there? Oh, my God. We almost lost TV. Well what was said? Who said what? Where did the heat come from? Jim Barnett, my God, what have
1: you done? I mean, just kind of like the time Brody, not meaning to by any means, we we're at TV in Atlanta. Brody was storming around and he kicked the kid's wheelchair. Ooh. And the kid and the kid the kid didn't follow the wheelchair or anything, but he, he just rolled it into the crowd. I mean, like then, you know, not not an attempt to by any means hurt the kid. But that's just how crazy we got back in those days. We didn't we did we didn't think out of the box a big picture. We just were focusing on trying to draw money and entertainment. And you know, we probably could have been a little more conservative in our thought process, but we weren't No, you know, we no,
0: no. I say bring back the plastic bag. That was entertainment.
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah, considering I couldn't almost get it off my you know, you don't understand what Terry what Terry doesn't work. It's a shoot. When he put that bag on me, I had, it was a fight to get it off. You have no idea. Not that he was trying to. I don't know for sure. He may have been yeah, trying to Yeah, he, to he might have out. been trying to kill you. Please. <laughs> well, pass out for sure.
0: <laughs> now, uh, the, that best ma-
1: good that. the
0: best match between you guys, and one of my favorite matches ever, not a five-star classic, but so much heat, so much intensity, so much meaning with the result was you and him clash of the champions November, mm-hmm. I quit. Mm-hmm. What do you remember about that match? Because that's one of the few matches, Nate, for for you or for anybody, I watch over and over. It was so good. Yeah,
1: like you say, it was it was by no means a classic, it, it, you know. But it's the kind of match that would draw money today.
0: Yeah, it um, meant something. It meant it, something. The result yeah. meant something. Well, it,
1: was, it was so solid, and it meant something. Yeah, it, you know. Even though there was none of the stuff that uh is required, not required today, but a, a part of what the business is all about, you know, diving off the ropes and moonsaults and high spots. It was not it was it was just a war. But it was believable and it's the kind of match that would draw money today. Terry well, had a
0: hell of an inter- Terry had a hell a hell of an interview too. Oh my god, he's one of the best promos of all time. Yeah, that interview yeah. we did where he dragged out. Who was the poor guy? Ron Ames. He's one. Of, remember the guy he yeah. dragged out with yeah. the flare yeah. robe and the yellow streak down his back and the blonde wig? That was tremendous.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he's a great guy. One
0: of a, one of a kind. Harley Jim Ray- Ross says. You're- Jim Ross says, "Wait a minute, that's not Ric Flair." And he goes, "Why? Sure it is. Can't you see the yellow streak down his back, Jr?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now uh one thing one thing about that I quit match and I think it was the first time it had been done cuz there had been I quit matches before like Magnum and Tully which we'll talk about in a little bit mm-hmm. but uh you guys got the microphone involved. Yeah. You were shoving the mic in each other's faces, Terry's like Rick Flair you yellow dog quit. I mean that was yeah. a nice touch and I think it I think it made it even more emotional. It was like cutting promos in the middle of the match.
1: Yeah, exactly. It was just um you know, we just had chemistry. I don't know whether like, Terry just initiated that. I think Terry just, I think he just decided to by himself while well, during the body of the match to grab the microphone and start doing it. Because I don't remember us discussing that beforehand, but it it worked out. Of course, he denies to this day he quit.
0: <laughs> no, I can, I can say the line, Rick. My God, my leg is breaking. All right, all right, damn it, I quit. <laughs> Like it was yesterday. It was tremendous. He denies it. (laughs) And not only that, that's the last time you beat anybody with the figure four.
1: Absolutely.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I must have been holding the rope. (laughs) Now, uh, WCW took Terry out of the ring following that match. He didn't wrestle anymore. They gave him like a a talk show segment, Funk's Grill. Mm -hmm. That surprised me. I thought Terry still had a lot left in the tank, and he certainly proved that in the years to come.
1: Oh, I do too. I that once again that was a management decision. Who knows? Terry Terry was pretty good at commentary, as you know. Yeah. So, oh, real good. Yeah, he did. He could have done anything he wanted to do, but um, I'm not sure why. Then they put him with with, uh, with uh, Bunkhouse Buck, you know, for a while, and uh, I, you know, I'd, yeah, I'd have to go back and talk to a guy like Cornett or Kevin Sullivan that was there. But well. It was a I- lot, it was a lot of fun while we were doing it, and I- Oh, my God, know, it was- And every like, time I see Terry, I mean, you talk about one of the greats of the business. I mean, you know, he's one of those guys when he walks into a building, every every wrestler from either company ought to kiss his ass. He's given so much and worked so hard for this business.
0: Well, like I always tell people, 1989- was easily my favorite year. When people say, what year of wrestling did you enjoy most? No question. 1989, Flair Steamboat, Flair Funk.
1: Thank you very much.
0: No, no question. I
1: can't can't say it wasn't great. It was great for me too, as well.
0: Now, I mean, how
1: would you... To be be able to wrestle two of the greatest of all time over a 12-month period and have multiple matches and return matches and not to mention the the arena shows that we did with each other. It It was... a special time in life for me as, as it was for both of them. And I remain extremely close to both of them. Those are the kind of friendships that never go away. If, 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 a, for, no, if for no other reason, just respect
0: for each other. In a nutshell, Nature, what made Terry Funk great? Uh, if I had to pick two words, it was charisma and legitimacy.
1: Th- that, those would be the same two words I would use. Very charismatic, unpredictable, and uh, an incredible, incredible, Incredibly committed work ethic. He would do anything to get the match over. Yeah, is he, Terry I mean, one of the
0: top five ever?
1: Well, you just gotta because I'd have to think about it when you have to. Give it's so
0: a, tough to compare it's, across it's, it's, eras.
1: He's one of the top ten.
0: Yeah, and I think he's one of the top two or three from his era, from his prime. Oh, well, his era,
1: absolutely.
0: Yeah. Pretty soon they're going to have to.
1: They're going to have to. And you and I'll put you and I'll put some thought into this. There has been so many great workers from the past that nobody even knows about or remembers. But you know, except someone my age that's wrestled all these guys, you're going to have to start defining the greatest in, by eras. Does that make sense?
0: Or right. Oh, a, for sure.
1: Time frame, or whoever, or by contributions that have inspired other people. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, and, and like that applies to to, to the to the uh, mainstream sports too. Because how can you compare what Babe Ruth did in 1927 to what Barry Bonds did in 1998? It's just the, the games. It's a totally different game, and I think the same applies to wrestling too. Yeah, but the problem is wrestling does
1: that more often. Wrestling's always you got people that have no idea, know nothing about wrestling, other than just an opinion, right? Which, which anybody can have, but somehow. The internet, because, you know, like gives a, gives an opinion, and they make judgments. They don't even know what they're talking about. And I, I actually, I, I have, because I'm forced to, as we've discussed, to look at social media now. For <laughs> the it, it's it's insane. Wrestling, there's, there's so many people they think are great wrestlers that don't that don't have a fundamental clue, but they've been in some really good matches. Does that make sense? Oh, for sure it is. Yeah. But, but that's, also, that's a, that's a whole other podcast. But in this case, Terry Funk, like Harley Race, great. And will be one of the top 10 guys forever, no matter what generation.
0: Well, uh, Twitter and social media has also made this the era of self-congratulations. For yeah, example. God, no shit. No you know shit. How, self-congratulations. Yay. You know, you know how I, AEW is a great promotion. You know how I know that, Rick? Because every single person on their roster tells me that every chance they get. Look, I'm sold. I mean, just go out and do the business and entertain me. But the more you tell me how great you are, the more I look for cracks.
1: Yeah, well, I, I can't knock that because I told myself how great I was and the audience. Yeah, so but you times. were
0: great. You were great. You got you got people on Twitter telling me how great they are. They can't even get on TV to save their lives.
1: Oh, I know that. That's what I said. That's what's wrong with the business. And people, and people read it. <laughs> and they actually... They actually make comments on it rather than going, this is bullshit. Bullshit, 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 right?
0: No, there is so, one guy who says it's bullshit, and that's why I'm not the most popular person in the oh, no, in- no,
1: but I'm saying that I'm saying it. That, right. Yeah. Now I don't care whether people are like this comment or not. There's are the word great, and I emphasize this every show will continue to, is a whole different discussion than being good. Entirely different discussion. Great and good. Very good, but great. Come on. There's only a few of us.
0: Well, Nate, it's time for us to talk a little fantasy sports and a little a little sports gambling, too, and I'm excited to tell everybody out there about our, our new sponsor, Bounty Sports. Now, if you're like me, and you love picking who's going to win each game, and I'm real good at it, too, Bounty Sports is the perfect place to do it. Bounty Sports is the easiest daily fantasy sports platform I've come across where you just pick the teams you think will win each game and play against other fans for up to thousands of dollars in prizes. It's as simple as that. Tell them, Natch. Woo! BountySports.com. Use promo code WOONATION. Well, if you do that, you receive a free $5 to enter any contest, including this week's $1,400 NFL Sunday contest. No deposit or payment info necessary. You literally get a free $5 credit. Just for signing up with our code, they got daily MLB, NBA, NHL, NCAA football and basketball, golf, MMA, you name it, they got it. up. we got week 17 coming up next week for the NFL. And honestly, here in Pittsburgh, we're starting to lose interest after that debacle at Kansas City yesterday. But here's the game I got. I'm going to stick close to home. Pittsburgh was a one and a half point favorite at home against Cleveland after getting killed at kansas city they're a three-point underdog at home and i gotta tell you i'm taking cleveland giving pittsburgh the points even at heinz field even here in pittsburgh cleveland can run the ball pittsburgh can't stop it
1: yeah even after baker throwing four uh, interceptions it's hard to believe they're picking cleveland but you know who knows i'm a big fan of football and i understand uh i'm certainly not gonna sit here like uh Right, Clark. Ryan Clark's brilliant. You don't like him? No, I like him. But he, it, it's one week they're tearing Aaron Rodgers up because of COVID. One week they're tearing him up because he didn't report to camp. The next week he's their hero. Be consistent. That's so all I'm asking. Well, I, I, I like what Ryan. Ryan Clark is an athlete. Oh, Nate, Nate. Between he and Stephen A., they flip back and forth. I mean, Stephen A. will always call Aaron Rodgers the bad man. But man, when he had the COVID thing. You know, which is none of their damn business. Their personal health issues are but that's none of their damn business. I like Orlowski, yeah. And I like Jeff Saturday. You know, they, they stay consistent with their with their thought process. Rex Ryan, consistent. Randy Moss, consistent. But they get on TV every day. I'm glad that we shoot this
0: now, so I don't have to watch anymore. First take. It's <laughs> 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 the truth. Just go to BonnieSports.com on your laptop or download their 4.9-star rated app on the App Store. Remember to use the code WOONATION that's W-O-O-NATION, when signing up for a free five bucks, no strings attached. That's Bonnie Sports, and good luck to all. Now, Nate, we want to talk now about one of your friends, and that is Tully Blanchard. Yes. A founding member of the Four Horsemen. Uh, we both have great regard for him. Tully is sixty-seven and still involved. He's a manager yes. in AEW. He still bumps once in a while. God bless him, and he even wrestled a match not too long ago. Yeah, and he's still very fit. Oh, no question.
1: Yeah. Okay. You know, a lot of people don't realize what a great athlete Tully Blanchard is. Oh, a small college quarterback. I believe he made all conference. Well, no, he was awesome. No, he no, he, um, he switched, but he um, Tully had the high school record when he graduated from high school for the longest punt in the nation how long was it i, I don't know like you could google it but i'm sure it's been broken by them but i mean he was he was the most one of the most highly touted the quarterback tommy kramer that went to the vikings remember him yeah for sure he, he and Tully were the two highest rated quarterbacks in the state of texas well Tully, Tully Tully's a legit athlete
0: damn good well, let's stick with that, because what got Tully over? Because he wasn't a big man. He was like 5'10", 5, 5'11", 5, but I think his legitimate athleticism uh, really stood out in a wrestling ring.
1: That in here. T- t- he was a technician. He was smart. He came across exactly what he is, like an arrogant prick. he <laughs> will <laughs> laugh when he hears this. No, I love them. Hey, Blanchard and I had a lot of fun. Blanchard and I and Arn um, and Barry and I mean, God, unscripted, man. We, we had the greatest times and the greatest relationship. And, you know, to me, I mean, I see some of the stuff that goes on with the Hall of Fame. How Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson aren't in the Hall of Fame as singles is beyond my imaginary scope. When I see some of the guys they put in the Hall of Fame. Uh, give me a little break, Tully well, and Iron, I... Tully and Iron, yeah. who both wrestled a lot of single matches before their tag teams and as tag teams, both are Hall of Fame guys all day long. And it's, I'm not gonna get into the list of people they put in ahead of them and why and how and the politics, but man, those two guys and, oh, and like I said, as Barry, another guy, come on, give us a break. One how many thing guys? How many guys in a single match can do what Barry has done?
0: Not just with me, but you know what I mean. Come no on. doubt. Now, now, one thing I liked uh, about the TBS Saturday show which used to be the flagship of the promotion—and I thought it really benefited Tully. It was almost all squash matches. Now, some people might think squash matches are boring. But I thought it enabled Tully, and, and, and a lot of guys, but Tully in particular, to get all his stuff in, all his moves, all yeah. his athleticism, and it made you want to pay to see him in a real match. I think the squash match is something that's been underestimated and the value's been lost now that nobody does them, except rarely.
1: Um, well, I'm not a big fan of squash matches, but, um, you know, there, 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 there was a time when there, there just wasn't enough talent. Be honest with you, enough talent to put on a good long TV match all the time, especially when you're making as much TV as we were making, not only TBS, but the network TV we were making in Raleigh as well, right? The syndicated syndicated as well. So, you know, I, I, I'd rather just, but I used to tell George Scott all the time. Why don't you just let me talk? Why would I wrestle Klondike Bill (laughs) for three three minutes, right? I just make myself look bad (laughs) and Bill look worse.
0: Well, and Tully did great angles, too. One of my yeah. favorite angles was when he brought in Baby Dolly. He teased it yeah. for weeks, the perfect 10. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I thought it was great because when she got there, I mean, Nicholas certainly uh, was very attractive, but she wasn't a perfect 10 in, like, the Elizabeth type of mold, and she was taller than Tully. She she almost towered over him when she wore heels, and that was an example of the heel being oblivious, which which yeah. I think a good heel needs to be.
1: Yeah, no, it was great, though. Uh, I I'd already... She 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 was called herself Nicola or her neighbor name was Nicola Roberts. Her dad was a famous promoter, but um, can't think of his name. But anyway, uh, she was uh, Gino Hernandez's manager first when I wrestled Gino out in, in the Texas territory.
0: Well, at one point, she was Andrea the Lady Giant as a wrestler.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, she, but, but she she was great in the role, and uh, you know it, she she came along at the right time. She was one, she put up with all our shit and she had <laughs> fun with
0: this. No, no. I've met her many times. She's yeah, an awesome lady. Yeah. And, and like I said, I love the perfect she, 10 angle she with Tully. She,
1: I heard her on a podcast when she said Rick Flair would drink a lot. <laughs>
0: wow. That's breaking news. Somebody, somebody call the New York times.
1: <laughs> no, I love Nicola. When I see her, we're always very friendly, very cordial. That's, Anybody that ran with us back in those days, man, deserves a medal of honor. Hell, we we had a limo driver dying us in Chicago the day after we left town.
0: (laughs) I almost died a couple times after you guys left town, too, so that wasn't exactly a unique club. Now, Tully was already over before his feud with Magnum TA, but I thought that feud put Tully over the top, and I thought that I quit match was just legendary.
1: Oh, phenomenal. I mean... You look at the body of work that some of these guys have put in. I mean, I, I just spoke with Terry over the Christmas holidays and that such a terrible, terrible accident to be in all. He was just getting rolling. Speaking of a guy that was going to be the NWA champion, I think he had a good shot at it too. Yep. Um, we were talking about DVC last week, but Terry Allen was right there in line and Terry was fun to work with, had a great attitude and boy, he paid the price to get into business too. They. <laughs> he, he came down to train in Charlotte with Buzz Sawyer and and uh, the, the Sheik was there, Kazero was there, they, 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 and Gene Anderson. They beat the shit out of Magnum. I think he almost quit twice. And he had actually wrestled at Old Dominion, so he was a pretty good amateur wrestler. But when you're breaking in the business back in those days, man, we didn't we didn't care if a guy could sit out or do the Grammy Roll. <laughs> you wanted to get in the business, you
0: got the shit beat out of you. <laughs> well, this is no knock on any of the other members, but when I look back at the history of the Four Horsemen, yeah, I think the person who most embodied the look and the lifestyle was Ric Flair, and I think number two was Tully Blanchard. I really do. I I think as a Horseman founding member and the way he talked and the way he acted, the way he dressed, the way he lived, yeah. I think he's number two behind Ric Flair. Oh, I don't want to
1: – I don't want to – well, I certainly I, – I, would agree that he was great. I, I don't like putting the guys in the order of greatness.
0: Oh, nah. no, no, I, I'm not saying an order of greatness. I'm saying an order of of having a night on the town, looking the part, dressing the part. I oh mean- yeah,
1: oh, certainly, absolutely. He loved nice clothes too. He was, I thought he meant, you know, I, 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 he, I tell you had no problem. Um, to, to, to this day, I get a, a note from uh, Lynn Congress. Um, I want you to keep this in here, Steve, as so I can send this to him, thanking me because we've been buying clothes from Lynn first 19 1981
0: now now where's that located Nate? where's taylor where is he
1: richards and conjures it was michaels of kansas city as you guys know i pragged about that yeah taylor richards and conjures now it's uh i buy him something else some other this guy i'm buying clothes from now it's so ridiculously expensive it's insanity but i gotta be the Nate man i can't stop nation <laughs> but, 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 but Tully had no problem with nation either Oh, fun. no,
0: no doubt. Uh,
1: now, what made Arn and Tully such a hey, great time? Temp- let, let me tell you a great story for the people that understand how tough it okay. used to be. So Gene Anderson w- ran the office and when Crockett had his, the, the big office they bought out on Carmel Road. And he had a ring in it and all that. So a guy came to break in one day with his kid, right? And Gene said, <laughs> the kid had a mask on. And so Gene says, right, okay, what do you want to do? So, my, my son wants to be a wrestler. Uh, what does that mean? Tell him to take off the mask. The kid wouldn't take the mask off. <laughs> so, Gene goes, well, you can't be a wrestler if I can't see your face. He said, no, no, I don't want anybody to know who I am because I'm going to be so good. <laughs> so, they took him back to back. You can only imagine. I mean, tell me. You're going to tell Gene Anderson, you're a 22-year-old kid, you're not going to take the mask off, but you want to be a wrestler. <laughs>
0: I'm going to guess the... It, it,
1: it, it, was, it was Probert and McSorley at their best. Um, <laughs> except, no. Uh, except, except it was just Probert against this
0: guy. I was going to say it was Probert in a squash match like <laughs> we were
1: talking about oh, before. Wow.
0: That is a bit more uh,
1: accurate. I will not take off the mask because I'm going to be so great. I want no one to know who I am.
0: <laughs> now, what, what made Arn and Tully so great as a tag team? Because some would say, and I might agree that they're the best tag team of all time. Because as you mentioned a moment ago, Nate, they were primarily singles guys uh, before they got together. Although Arn certainly worked with Ole for a time, too. Mm -hmm.
1: I think, uh, you know, like I said, it used to be Ray and Nick. uh, But I think Tully and Arn are arguably the greatest tag team. And and once again, going back to his Hall of Fame status, which I don't know how that works anymore. um, Because, it's you know, it's not if they're not giving enough recognition to the guys that are that the word great would apply to, um, I thought they were the best tech team I'd ever seen. I mean, you know, I look, I, as I tell you, now, I, I like the Usos now. I like the kids, uh, FTR, but FTR, you know, they grew up idolizing Arnantale. They had, they had a lot of influence. I mean, you could take the midnight express and all these great teams and, you know, um, uh, but I don't think you're going to find a better team than, uh, Tully and Arn, and they understood it. They were much better. They were much better together than me when I would sub for one of them. That makes sense? I was, well, yeah. not a good, I was not a good tag team wrestler.
0: Well, yeah, because a lot of guys, Nate, Arn and Tully wrestle like a tag team. Exactly. That's the strength of like FTR, the Usos as well, where yeah. sometimes you throw two guys together, it's just in a match, four guys wrestling. Does that make any sense? Absolutely. There's not that continuity, cohesion, no. teamwork. No. It's not the same.
1: No, Tully and Iron fed, they fed, they fed, they fed, they fed. And we got together an eight man that was just, uh, you know, there were times that the crowd would, would, would be so loud for 20 minutes. There was no reason to even cut the, cut the baby face off when we were wrestling dusty stinging the road warriors, those eight man tags, it, it was insanity. We finally just, I don't know where Iron would spinebuster one of them, which, which was very believable because the spinebuster was so good or catch one of them with a DDT, we'd get a little bit of heat, and then, boom, blow the roof off the joint for another 20 minutes.
0: Well, Tully got fired by WWB in 1989. He flunked the drug test. That's no secret. And he was going to go back to WCW. But he kind of disappeared from the big time after that. And he really still athletically and physically was in his prime. What happened there? I don't know. You'd have to ask him that. But it's odd even now to look back, isn't it? Because he was such a top guy.
1: Oh yeah, it was for sure. I just think you know, you know, he, he got into ministry, and as, as a couple of the guys have, and look at Nikita, Nikita took an early exit too. And uh, when I was in the office at WCW, I I, I told uh, um, I can't remember whether it was Jim Hurt or or Eric. I said, you know, you, if you breath, like you bring this guy back and he puts the weight back on and he comes back it's Nikita that, that I knew. He he can draw you some money, but um, uh, he just declined it and said, I, "You know, appreciate the offer, but I don't want to. Uh, I, I don't want back into business." Some people they get to a plateau and when they walk away from it, I, I my problem is I never got to that plateau. <laughs> 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 I still like it. Now, uh, and
0: I but Tully's doing a hell of a job right now over at uh,
1: uh, AEW.
0: Yeah, I wish they'd let him talk more.
1: <laughs> me too.
0: I wish they'd let a lot of guys talk more, but, again, that's the 15 iron, pounds iron, of sugar iron, thing. Iron, iron too. Yep, no question. Now, did you ever wrestle Tully when he worked for his dad, Joe, in that Southwest territory? Because, uh, no, that- I didn't wrestle. No, when i down there, I, I wrestled um,
1: um, the kid that uh, Shawn Michaels, the guy that broke in Shawn Michaels. Jose Jose, Le- Jose Letharia, I, I, right. wrestled, I wrestled Letharia there, and I wrestled Wahoo there. But I knew I knew Joe. I know I knew Tully's dad, Joe, very very well. He, he, he used to say to him, "You know what the first rule of fighting is, Rick?" And I'd say, "What?" He said, "Never overmatch yourself." <laughs> but Tully and I and Joe had, had a lot of great times together. He was a great guy, and Tully was very close to his parents.
0: Now the Four Horsemen were a force even after personnel changes. And again, this is no knock on anybody who who succeeded them, but. I felt like the group was never quite the same after Arn and Tully left. Do you agree?
1: Absolutely.
0: Never the same. At no, any point... Not, not, even, not even close. At any point, did you want to suggest, hey, let's just stop doing this? Did that ever come up? Or or did you think there was still value in carrying it forward uh, for the years to come?
1: Um, I think there was a couple of times I wish... I mean, it was great. I, I have to be honest with you. In terms of fun... When it was Mongo, Benoit, and and Dean Malenko, who was as technically gifted as anybody, Benoit, you know, I don't. Regardless of how terrible this the Indian was to all that, Benoit could work his ass off, and Mongo was so damn much fun. And I see Steve on a regular basis now. He's he's battling ALS, as you know. But um, that was a fun unit as well. But it was. You know, we, we went not nearly the skill that they had. The skill Dean and, and, and Chris did, uh, but at that point, it was for me. I was just having fun. It wasn't the same. It's hard to follow something that was so great in life. You know, you, you know, you, you, you. I could apply it to different things, but you, you remember the great ones. <laughs>
0: oh no, no question. Like for, for in, in my job here in Pittsburgh, you know, I've had the the honor of covering and working with five Stanley Cup champions. But it's never the same as the first two with Mario and Kevin Stevens, yeah, and Paul Coffey, Mark Recky. You know the names, nature. Sure, absolutely. We've had some great players since then with Sidney Crosby, who's actually won more cups than Mario, three yeah. to two. But but you never forget where you came from, and and where the people you work with came from too.
1: Exactly. I mean, the whole thing with, with Crocker Promotions was a whole different, a whole different setup, and a, and a much it was everybody enjoyed working when 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 Turner is as, as good as it was as, as much as it helped out Jimmy and David and Francis and Jackie to get a, to sell to get out from the debt um with Turner it just turned everything around you know when Jim Hurd came in he, he might as well have. well he did he virtually destroyed anything that we'd ever done in in the NWA
0: he might as well have thrown gasoline on it and lit a match. He, might
1: well, he Might as well just burn it down walking in the door.
0: Yeah, exactly. But mm-hmm. but part of it too, nature is we enjoy thinking about what happened back when because we were younger. That puts a better light on it. Well, too. and
1: also because of YouTube and the WWE and that network right. and right. you can't get away from it. You know, which is fun. It's fun looking back on it.
2: The second time out here, and while we normally have a lot of fun on this show, this is a pretty serious topic. Life insurance. Specifically, Goliath life insurance. Let me give you a pro tip. We're all going to die. So, before you get a visit from The Undertaker, think just for a second about what would happen if your family stopped having your income tomorrow. With life insurance from GoliathLife.com, what we're really talking about is protecting what you've worked so hard to provide for both you and, more importantly, your family. You see, life insurance isn't about you, it's about those who matter the most to you. Sure. You do a great job taking care of them now, but who would do that? If something awful happened to you, I just lost two friends in the last year and a half one 42 with two kids. The other 46 who left behind a wife and three kids. Thank God they had insurance and Hey, I hear you. Nobody wants to think or talk about life insurance, but think about this. You might not get in a car accident, but you have auto insurance. You might not get sick, but you have health insurance. So we'll protect our car and we'll even protect ourselves from like crazy medical bills. But will we protect our family? That's what life insurance means to me. Peace of mind. Goliathlife.com streamlines the life insurance purchase process by allowing you to get quotes from more than 20 carriers all at the same time and at the same place. Goliathlife.com You'll do a fast and easy application and have multiple quotes within minutes. And oh, by the way, goliathlife.com has solutions for every budget and maybe best of all you pick your terms and payments at goliathlife.com once you pick your price you can start the online application immediately and check this out you can even schedule the medical exam to happen in your home you don't even have to leave the house to do this and yes i have done this they sent someone to my office it was fast it was easy and it was unlike anything i expected I got to skip the phone calls, the paperwork, and the crazy invasive conversations, and even the multiple visits to the doctor's office that we all hate so much. Goliathlife.com makes buying life insurance simple. Goliathlife.com promises no hidden fees, no upsell, no hassle, hell, not even a phone call. Goliathlife.com is life insurance in your hands, on your time. Get multiple quick quotes right now from the comfort of your own home, and begin your application in a few easy clicks right now at GoliathLife.com.
0: Now, before we look at some of today's stars, and th- that was great talk about Terry and Tully, two of my all-time favorites. I always enjoyed, I haven't seen Terry in a while, but I run into Tully now and again and, you know, just a great guy. And you fall into the same old patterns, of you know, kidding around and stuff like that
1: yeah.
0: as you did. But I want to talk about a phenomenon in wrestling. I'm curious to hear your opinion of this. Are there too many champions in wrestling? And and, and hear me out. In WWE, there are 16 different champions, not including the king and queen of the ring. In AEW, there are six champions, and that doesn't include the Owen Hart tournaments that are coming up. How much does having so many titles dilute any title, or doesn't it matter?
1: I think it does because I think think it dilutes it. I absolutely do. But... You know, let's just go. Let's look at the world we live in today. You remember the president's fitness, fitness, fitness the president's fitness, physical,
0: the president's um, physical fitness console. No, look at me. Something. Obviously I don't. But do you remember that? I, I remember it existed. Yes. To I find did not out who, participate. To find,
1: out who was the, to find out who was the most fit child in high school. Right?
0: Right. Exactly. They it wasn't me.
1: It. Uh, no, but they got rid of it. Right. Cause everybody wants to be equal. Instead of being three places now, there's eight places or six places in wrestling tournaments. I mean, it, it's everything is diluted because, you know, whether it's mothers not wanting to see their children upset, everybody, everybody gets a trophy that that's not what sports are all about. And I think there, and because there's so much TV that they have put themselves in a position where they have to create like the king and queen and all that. But the people that are carrying the weight of the company, and I'll use WWE as an example, would be Becky and Big E as they're the champions and it's Ashley or Charlotte and Roman Reigns. And everything else is just something that, that, that doesn't, doesn't diminish who they are, but it's just something to, to hopefully attract viewers.
0: Well, right, like, uh, and, and it says a lot that I don't even know who the Intercontinental Champion is right now, and that used to be a big deal back in the day when there were so many fewer belts. Mm-hmm. And, and But whoever is the Intercontinental Champion... I, you know what's funny? I don't know who it is either. Well, right, and, and, and it's I probably... I watch the shows. It's probably a very good performer, but the it's, belt doesn't help him, and he doesn't it, help it, the belt, so it, why not, have it?
1: Yeah, I know. Well, it's funny. I I, I feel bad that I don't, because I watch all the shows now, but... um. But I mean, if it, it, TV rolls on, and, and they know better than you and I do, obviously, because they're there. Well, what what it draws viewers and that? But um, and I I love that uh, Zelina. I think she's been a very good talent. But uh, you know, I don't I don't I don't buy that queen versus queen stuff at all. Does
0: no, no, nobody does. No, so, and, and that's I mean, co- that's kind of the point. Like I look at some of the titles. Like we can't remember who the Intercontinental Champion is, okay? Then you got the twenty four seven champion in in AEW. Well,
1: that, yeah, but that that to me, when Ronnie, when our truth is involved in that, that is good TV. If 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 you got to put humor in TV, that uh, Ronnie Ronnie has put that, taken it to a whole new level. And the little uh, Japanese kid that chases them around, I mean. Tazawa. Oh uh, yeah, that has been. I've I have actually found that very entertaining at times. Well, the fact I, that you- I, I had I had Ronnie beat me in a bar one night. So
0: I, I, <laughs> actually, I, I covered him, with you never put it on TV. <laughs> well, the fact that you remember who's involved says says something good about it. And like, in an AEW, you got beat no, F- up.
1: When, when that stuff that was very entertaining, and when they throw it in periodically, you know, I don't like it being a distraction in the middle of a real good match. Which they've done before, just to, to get out of a finish. Um, but Ronnie is a very talented kid, and man, that, that when he's got that twenty-four-seven thing, I like that idea. Uh, if there's got to be entertainment, wrestling is good. And by the way, Ronnie's a hell of a wrestler too.
0: Now, our now, uh, can work. Another another belt, the FTW belt, the F the World belt, which Taz had in ECW, just to kind of proclaim himself as the company badass and it worked for him i thought it was great with him but now he has team taz he passed it along to his guys brian cage lost it to ricky starks but they were both his guys at the time i don't get it i, I just don't get the value of that at all
1: you do i other than other than to have uh other than be, to be a conversation piece for united discuss.
0: yeah i guess but like i said it worked for taz it was great for him but some yeah. ideas Aren't meant to last in, yeah. in perpetuity. Well, well, Taz is a unique character. Oh, he, I like Taz.
1: He, yeah, I do too. He could pull off anything, but that doesn't mean that someone else can just take it and be the same character he was.
0: Now, Nate, uh, before we wrap this segment up, what's the least prestigious title you ever had? Least prestigious. Hmm.
1: hmm. Well, it must be the one that nobody will count as a world championship. <laughs> the one that. The one that I. Uh, took off sting but they don't count it as a win which one was that when was that i when i when i took it i took it off sting with with sherry Martel to have it
0: oh no but that's still the
1: world title age. that can't be the least prestigious didn't you have like the no they, they don't count that
0: they didn't count it no i'd have 17 they don't count that but you were like you were never like western stage heritage champion or anything like that were you I, I might have been for six hours at night somewhere. <laughs> well, what about me? Were you ever the Missouri I State? Lot,
1: I, I won a lot of titles between 12 and 6 a.m. I,
0: I think you beat me for a couple of them. <laughs> now, were you ever a Missouri State champion? Because with much, Nick, that no. was a really big deal in that St. Louis. Huge, you never won that. Yeah,
1: that was huge deal. That was the only other belt in St. Louis allowed besides the NWA title. No, I never was. But every, when, like, all the guys that I wrestled... Like when I wrestled, uh, Kerry Kerry was a uh, Missouri State champion. I wrestled uh, Ted DiBiase. Ted Woods. Um, um, you know, that. That was a very prestigious title in 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 the business and in the history of our business.
0: Yeah, and and when we get closer to the Royal Rumble, which is in St. Louis, and by the way, we're going to be there. Woo! So let's let's not give too much away. Let's let's cafe, please. I can't wait for a live crowd to ask me some questions. Yeah, I can't wait for that either. I want to talk about some of today's stars in the time we have left, nation. Let's start with Tony Storm because she's had a few matches involving your daughter Charlotte, mm-hmm. including a singles match Friday on SmackDown. She's kind of new to the big time, but she's okay, isn't she? Those yeah, matches were re- all right.
1: Yeah, she's more than okay. She's really good.
0: What do you like about her? Well, I like her look,
1: um, and I, you know, I've, I've done a little homework on her. Um, I think that she. Pretty caught the attention of a lot of people at that all-woman's pay-per-view in 2017, if I'm not mistaken. Right, I think you're right. And um, she's got that good look, and uh, sh- she's athletic, and uh, you know she carries herself very professionally. I I-, I, li- I like her a lot.
0: Yeah, I agree with the last part you said the most. You look at her and she looks like she belongs. She Ab- carries Absolutely. herself. Absolutely. She walks the walk. She, she's a little green on promos, but you can yeah. tell she'll now, get better. It,
1: that, once again, that's, that, that's attributed to lack of time and lack of experience and not having wrestled. It takes a lot of time and a lot of practice to, and it takes multiple matches with different people to, to, le- to raise the level of skills. But for the time she's been in the business, when I see her now, I think she fits in. I think she's going to be a big star for the company for years to come.
0: I, I agree. Now, now that begs the question, is it harder or easier for girls coming up, uh, women, I should say, in wrestling, as opposed to the men? It seems like there might be more opportunity for the women if you can find a way to make yourself stand out.
1: Mm, that's a good question. Um yeah, I, well, you know, I, I have to be honest with you, going right down, it's hard for either
0: one. Does it make sense? Well, yeah, I mean, but I, I, I look at AEW where I think they, I mean, I love Britt Baker. I think I think the doc's one of the top women performers in wrestling uh, right now, you know, in the top three, in my opinion, easily. But, but I don't know what they have past her. And I, I think if any one of the women at the next level can find a way, again, to make herself stand out, she could slot in as a solid number two for 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 months and years to come. I, I'm not sure. I, I, I'd have to I'd have to look at that more carefully. I, I know I know what you mean. It's tough because it, yeah, you know you know what I I've I've called Britt Baker fabulous moolah yeah uh, because she's there. I, I don't want to say by herself, but they need to find a consistent number two, number three that she can have meaningful dialogue with. And I'm not so sure there's anybody there. A lot of people like Thunder Rosa. I'm not as sold on her as some. I don't know. That's kind of a kind of a work in, in progress. Now, uh, now, when you were a top guy having a match with somebody who was, I don't want to say Tony Storm's green, but she's less experienced than your daughter, certainly. Mm-hmm. When you were a top guy having a match with an up-and-comer who had potential but was less experienced, how did you approach that? What did you tell him? How much did you take over? How much did you give them?
1: Well, I gave as much as I gave them. First of all, I told them, just listen to me, which is nothing that's allowed now. And I said, let's hear the crowd. Let's see where we're going. And I gave them as much as they could possibly take. Because I I didn't, I didn't, I I like selling. I like feeding the guy. If, if If the guy had the ability, it's like, I'll give you an example of a guy that, Never has gotten his due for how good he was, but I had I had great matches with him, Brad Armstrong. Yup, no question. So let let's say let's say that she is a Brad Armstrong, right, and I'm Charlotte. It's a question of listening, taking your time, feeling comfort, getting to know each other, and I'm sure she's very confident when she goes to the ring that she knows that she's. Under not only the not only the the wing, or but but the experience and the knowledge, you know, of the woman I consider to be the greatest female wrestler of all time.
0: No question, no question. She is and, not- and I,
1: I and I'll bet you a thousand dollars. After if she has worked with her two or three times or five times on the road, she it, it'll it'll like I say, it'll either be her or Sasha.
0: You know what I mean? I think Tony, Storm, given experience in the ring with women like your daughter and Sasha, yeah. I think is really going to blossom. But you need to get that. You need to get it on the road. You yeah, need to get it in house shows. Yeah, and there Nat- are many house shows. Natty Nyhart
1: can cheat her a lot. I mean, it, you know, there are just some people out there that you can learn from faster than others. And uh, uh, I think between Charlotte and Sasha and Natty Nyhart and who am I leaving out of mean, I mean, it's just, well, there's only a few people that... Really are good enough to cheat you while you're while you're working live on TV.
0: Well, Natty Natty heard how complimentary we were of her on last week's podcast and uh reacted on Twitter, but uh, very much deserved. I, I can't say enough good about Natty Neidhart. and No,
1: and she and, and like I said, is a great teacher as well.
0: Now uh let's move on to Cody Rhodes, who just won the TNT championship. From Sammy Guevara in AEW. When did you first meet Cody? Because I remember Cody being around WCW with his dad way back when. No,
1: I met Cody with, with, uh, you know, I used to travel with Reed for amateur wrestling. And Cody was a uh, Georgia state champion. But this is when they were both, like, younger. I think Cody is three years older or two years. They never wrestled each other. That's funny because I was was dying uh, uh, for Cody and Reed to work back then as, as Ezra, Dusty and I, but they were an age bracket apart where they, I couldn't even bump him up high enough. Um, but I mean, Cody's just, uh, he's a diamond man for me. I think the world of the kid, he's done all this on his own, you know, t- had the balls to step away from it, challenge it, um, married a beautiful girl, Brandy, who supports him and they, you know, I talked to Michelle, a lot not a lot, but once a month, I'll text Michelle, man, the kid is, is golden. So, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, it's kind of like, no, and, and I, I understand it, but I mean, I I can't figure out how AEW got the Owen Hart Memorial. Tournament when, when, Owen, when I, I mean, I, I appreciate Tony for doing it, but that's something that if the, if the company feels that strongly about Brett and Owen—that's something that um, I wish the WWE had jumped on. Does that make sense? Yeah, but
0: they, but they didn't, and weren't going to, because of their relationship with with Owen's family over I, the lawsuit.
1: Yeah, I, I, I didn't know that. So that. Yeah. Well, I, I'm proud of Tony for doing it because I never knew Owen that well, but he certainly has had certainly is very respected by so many people, uh, and I uh, I never got to know him, I never, got to wrestle with him. So, but I think any time that like you know like the the they had the dusty roads memorial uh some kind of a tournament at a
0: tag N- team tournament nxt at nxt yes yeah.
1: so, right I mean, eventually that eventually one day i would bump that up to a main roster a show because Dusty's the character and a name that'll never be forgotten always be remembered and uh you know it's, you can't there's not gonna be another dusty roads
0: well, that, sure. that said, I was always disappointed that Cody never got the opportunity I felt he deserved in WWE, and I, I didn't like him as that, Stardust. That's,
1: that's why he that's left.
0: Well, I know. I didn't like him as Stardust. I liked him when he was in that legacy thing with Randy Orton and with Teddy DiBiase's kid. But, uh, but, yeah, I give him credit. Like you said, he went against the machine. Yep. You know, he left and, and created his own machine. Yep. And, and let's be honest, Tony Khan provides the money, and there were a lot of other influences like Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. We could go down the list. But Cody Rhodes is the primary reason for AEW's existence. There's no doubt about that. He pushed the button first, pushed it hardest, and he got things done.
1: That's the way I understand it, yes, because he was uh- – he had his own little promotion going, but I think before Tony came in. So, well, yeah, he
0: he did that. He did that pay per view, that all in.
1: Yeah, and it, and that's what I think it started Tony. And I, I'm not, I don't know the inter- intricacies of all that, but um, hey, I'm a big fan of of Cody Rhodes. He knows that. I text him all the time. So well,
0: I I think the big thing for Cody was when he first left WB, he went to Ring of Honor, mm-hmm. which now looks like it's going to be belly up or in a very you know, limited capacity moving forward, but he went to ring of honor and he used the creative freedom there to reinvent himself mm-hmm. and to help others reinvent themselves. And honestly, they picked up a lot of what ring of honor was doing with the bucks, with bullet club, with hangman page, mm-hmm. and just moved it right over to AEW. And, uh, I, I don't fault ring of honor for letting those guys go. Uh, you know, what was going to happen was going to happen, but, but that's where it all started to happen. Cody Rhodes in ring of honor.
1: Yeah. I, I didn't see that. So that's, that I I, I, don't, I Nick, don't know Nick. how I don't know how it evolved, but wherever it evolved and however it evolved, it worked. And Cody has once again put himself in a in a, in a very special place.
0: And, now, now, uh, what what do you like about Cody talent wise? What makes him, you know, a, a top performer? Well, I tell you, when he did the moonsault off the cage with
1: WWE, um, I looked at him in a whole different light. I didn't realize how athletic it was. He's one of these kids who can do anything, and uh, you know, just being so close to his dad to see those boys, um, both of them, be so so successful, uh, and, and and even at different <clears throat> different ages and different time frames. Every time you see um, a second generation kid do well, you you can't be proud enough of him, especially if you you know, if you're the son of uh, the legendary Dusty Rhodes.
0: Well, and the match that Cody had with Dustin, remember that in AEW on pay-per-view, yes. brother versus brother? Yeah. That was phenomenal. And the yep. way they did the angle leading up in the promos, yep. it's one of the very few times brother versus brother worked. The only times that brother versus brother worked, to my mind, mm. were Rhodes versus Rhodes and Hardy versus Hardy.
1: And uh Funk versus Funk.
0: Oh that Nate, that's even before my time, believe it or not. <laughs>
1: I, wow. don't know, I, don't, I don't know if they did it. I'm making a joke, but.
0: I'm not that, sure they did.
1: That, I, don't, I don't think they did it, but that would have been classic. Um, no? No, but I tell you, no, I totally agree. I, I, I saw all those matches, and I think, um, yeah, it just. Uh, Cody and, and Dustin put on a clinic that night, and, um, yeah, I just, no, like I say, I'm so proud of both of them. It's, it's very hard. You can imagine. how hard it is to be a second generation wrestler. When your last name is Rhodes, and the pressure that's on you and it's all the comparison. I happen to be experiencing I've had to experience the heartache personally that my daughter went through. Because people just said she's Ric Flair's daughter, which is the biggest crack of shit in the world. She's the greatest because she's the greatest and and surpassed me a long time ago. So
2: and on last number, 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Whew.
0: Here's a prediction I'm going to make. I think I mentioned this uh, on a previous podcast. I think the first guy to go from AEW to WWE will be Cody Rhodes. And I have no factual basis for that. I don't know his contract status. I just have that feeling. I don't know why. I just have that feeling. And I got to tell you, there are people in that locker room that have that feeling too.
1: It's possible. I know they'd take him back. I'm sure they would. Hey, the, 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 the name R-H-O-D-E-S is going to be in this business until the day that the business drops off the face face of this earth. And if they can bring Cody Rhodes back in, it would be a feather in their hat. It would, um, that would speak volumes, um, on Vince for, it would speak volumes for Vince to change his mind about something, um, because he can, he can keep a he can have a frame of mind where he goes, I'm not, I'm not gonna go back there. I'm not I'm not doing this, I'm not gonna revisit it. And then someone can tap on his shoulder and say, Hey, it's Cody Rhodes. You know what I mean? So um
0: Well, like I said, I'm not putting a uh, timetable on it, but it would not surprise me. But I gotta tell you, I don't know if I'd wanna be the first guy to go from AEW to WWE because you're gonna get a paycheck, but you might get buried too.
1: Uh I, I think Cody's smart enough to decipher that. I think you got to make Cody's growing up, growing up twenty years in, in five years. In terms of smarts, logistics, knowing how to promote himself, he wouldn't walk in there blindsided.
0: Yep, I agree with that. And and Nate, that's what makes your, your first run in WWE incredible, because if anybody would figure to get buried upon entry in WWE. It'd be you. You were the standard bear for the other guys for the competition, but instead, I mean, give Vince credit. He saw you for what you were and let you take it to the top there too.
1: Mark, I say this very humbly. I was too good to be buried.
0: Oh, you don't have to tell me. I totally agree, but but that hasn't...
1: Who was going to bury me?
0: You make a compelling argument.
1: (laughs) I, well, left the, I, I left the people behind me that could bury me. <laughs> oh, good point, good point. You could have got buried any
0: worse in the new place than you had been <laughs> at, at the old place. Are you place. kidding?
1: I got to hang out with some of the greatest people. I, as I say, I got to wrestle Hogan. I got to wrestle Randy. I got to wrestle Bret Hart. I got to wrestle The Undertaker. Are you kidding me? It was the greatest year and a half, the most fun I ever had. And I made the, the biggest mistake I ever made was going back. <laughs>
0: Now, uh, before we wrap this up, I want to talk about uh, somebody else from the WWE women's division, and that is uh, Carmella. And I love Carmella. No, she has the old-school she has the old school WWE women's look, like Sonny and Sable, hey, but she's sorry, a real solid hey, worker, too. Let me
1: just put right. Corey, Corey, you have so overachieved. Oh, Corey Graves. Corey, so overachieved. You know, they live right down the road from me here in Pittsburgh. Well, call them on. I hope you he hear this. Stay c- Cut this piece out for me. Carmella's beautiful, and Corey Graves, you have overachieved.
0: Woo! Well, uh, I got to tell you, I think she's fabulous. I do too. Nate, Nate, with wrestling today for women, I don't think they have to look like Instagram models, but I don't think they should look ordinary either. Too many of the women in wrestling today look ordinary, and now we're seeing a little bit of a, of a shift to the other direction Ka- Ka- like what Ka- carmella is stunning stunning tony storm's very good looking too i think we're seeing yes, a move back nice. in yeah. a different direction don't you and that's good
1: yeah well i have to look at them as if you know they're, they're they're my daughters but as a man i'll tell you they're both very attractive women
0: now uh you see in aew that's why i'd push ty connie and anna J because they look the part Britt baker looks the part and I said before, I don't get Thunder Rosa. I do like Ruby Soho, though, because her look's different. That puck rock thing, at least it's something. Yeah, well, I'm a te-
1: big, I'm a, I don't I, think, I call it, you're talking about Ruby Riot, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, R- <laughs> Ruby Soho now in AEW. Yeah, I I, I, used, I like I used- her look. She gets the most out of it.
1: Yeah, I texted her. when She was wrestling Ronda one time, and Ronda w- so started selling for her, and I texted her, I said, don't over, walk away. Turn your back on someone like Ronda Rousey. You know, like, I try to give her little tips about things. Then she'll say, God, anything you can tell me about wrestling. So we, I got to be uh, on a regular texting basis with that when I saw her at the shows. But, yeah, I'm, I'm happy she's healthy. I think the world of Ruby. And she's, um, yeah, she's going to do real well. I'm happy that she landed on her feet with AEW. And she really deserves all the respect in the world. I love her.
0: No question, I, I couldn't agree more. Now we talked about Tully Blanchard earlier. How come Tessa Blanchard, his daughter, can't get a look with the major promotion? Because I know she has a bad rep. She said some unfortunate things, but boy, I think her talent is overwhelming. I've I've never seen her work. Really? No. Oh, she's brilliant. Yeah, she'd be I, a great. I, mean,
1: I, I keep hearing that, but I haven't seen her. So I, um, I mean, I've, I, I've heard obviously it's not. You're not the only person to ever say how great she is. I just haven't seen her work.
0: Well, you see, I'd like to see her I, I, against... I met
1: her, I met her one time, and she's a lovely girl. Of course, I, I've known her forever from from growing up, you know, but I, I've never seen her work.
0: Well, I'd like to see her against Ashley, against Charlotte, because I think physically she can com- compete with her, give that impression visually. I think the one thing about Ashley is she's such a great athlete and, and looks the part that... That you know, but she's she's great at selling, so she gives her opponents that credibility. But it would be nice if Moore came in with that built in, don't you agree?
1: Yeah, I mean it's, it's one of those one of those marquee matches. I, I don't know the reasons. I don't know why she's not there. Um, I've heard the same kind of stuff you have, but I mean I don't. I take everything like that with a grain of salt, which you have to in this business because you know she could be the most lovely woman in the world. And people have some personal you know, agenda against them. But no, I've heard she's really good. And I think it'd be great um, to see a Blanchard-Flair match. Who, who wouldn't, right?
0: If no she, if question. She,
1: if, if she's as good as they say she is.
0: Now, before we wrap this up, Nate, let's go off script a little bit. We've not talked enough about the NFL, although we did uh, just a moment ago. In, in uh, See, you're rolling your eyes. And I don't well, blame well, you because...
1: Hey, no, we're not going to close this down without talking about Michigan Friday, okay? Oh, God, is that Friday already? Yes, it's Friday. It's New Year's. Orange Bowl. I'm going. Are you going? You want to you wanna, you wanna hear my Christmas text? Go ahead. From uh, Jim Harbaugh. Coach Harbaugh. Harbaugh. Yeah, Coach Harbaugh. Yep, I do. Okay, here we go. Who gets these kind of texts? Coach Harbaugh. I wished him a Merry Christmas. He wished me back. I went, Woo! Likewise, and the privilege to get to entertain America next Friday. At this very moment, I have a voice screaming in my ear. Who has it better than us? Merry Christmas,
0: Jim. Woo! That sounds The voice like screaming he, in his ear is me. That sounds like him mimicking one of your promos. No.
1: Listen, he's, he's, he's like me, he's an intellect. Yeah. Well, Well, you you know, I got to tell you, I I, still think. I wanted to text John yesterday. (laughs) Ooh, geez. Ouch. I've left
0: John alone. (laughs) I I still think Michigan got screwed in the seedings. I think Michigan should be playing Cincinnati. I do too. But here's the thing, Mark, about football every day.
1: You got to beat everybody. You know what I'm saying? And eventually, uh, I I think they'll beat Georgia. And I think they're going to play Alabama.
0: Do you think the Steelers will win another game ever?
1: Boy, you know, because I like playing Roethlisberger so well. I, I hope so. But um, I I don't know. They're up and down. I got to tell you nah, I got to tell you,
0: Nathan. You know, I'm a big Ben hey, Ken,
1: fan. Hey, back on fire. Without Kelsey, I thought you guys had a chance yesterday.
0: No, we had no chance. We stink. I mean, seven yeah. wins is so deceptive because we beat bad teams or we beat good teams having a bad day. But I'll tell you, and I say this with no small amount of regret because I'm a fan and a friend, but Ben stuck around too long. And a lot of them do, but he just can't get the ball there. He can't move in the pocket anymore. It's just, it's just and, and so many do, except Brady. Brady will play till he's 60 and still be great. Yeah, Brady had a 15-yard run yesterday in the first down. <laughs> how about Aaron Rodgers, man? He's the dude. Well, how about me? how about Baker Mayfield with the four picks? Because they could have beat Green Bay. They could have beat Green I, Bay. I, I believe that. I believe it. You saw the score. It's just a hell? weird year for football with COVID and so many guys missing yeah. and so many teams up and down. Who who's your pick to win the whole thing right now?
1: Well, I think the best game of the whole playoffs will be the Bucks at the at Packers. That's who wins that? Uh, well, that's the way it's, the, the seedings are right now. Unless something but, changes. But who, who would win that? Who do you like? Well, I like both quarterbacks so well. I know them both personally a little bit. Because um, I live in Tampa, I, I want Tampa to win, obviously.
0: Oh, no, I'm not talking about who you want. I mean, I think it's going to be tough to beat Green Bay at Green Bay.
1: I do, too. Aaron Rodgers is, is, is unbelievable. I, I can't say enough about him.
0: And in the American Football Conference, they all stink. I can't pick anybody except Kansas City. Kansas City's kind of cut themselves from the pack hey, hey, again. Well, hey, how
1: about, how about Joe Burrow? How about him yesterday?
0: Yeah, I think can you, you can, know what. Can you, imag- can you imagine the Bengals
1: after all these years of, of is, is it Mike Brown the owner? Yeah, yeah, still the Browns. I mean, after yeah. all, these, he finally got a team. God, if he'll just keep the organization moving forward, they can be back in it. I mean, it it's let, be... let,
0: me, let me tell you something. And this goes for Green Bay and Tampa, too. Green Bay and Tampa, too. Kansas City, too. No team has more weapons than Cincinnati. No. Joe Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, who's from Pittsburgh, Jamar Chase. They you, just you, are loaded. You sound like a sportscaster. knows know something about sports now. I try not like, to. Let's
1: do another podcast so we can ace the guys at ESPN. We're trying to figure out how to bury one day and bring in life the next day. Hey, how how about Michael Wilbon and Stephen A. asking the question on that whatever one of that pregame show if LeBron James, who just had his fifth 30-point game in a row, is still a top five player? Oh my God! Yeah, but boy, the Lakers aren't very good, are they? I didn't say the Lakers. That was not the question. I said, is LeBron James still a top five player? You've got to be kidding me.
0: No, obviously, but the Lakers are bad. And you know what, Nate? But that wasn't the statement. They are asking. Michael Wilbon, what would he know about basketball? Well, let me make a statement. Okay. The, the Lakers aren't very good. And part of that goes on LeBron because he was the de facto GM who brought in all those old guys.
1: Well, not see. Okay. I, I'm, I'm going to stick to the original question that I heard on network TV.
0: <laughs> I bet you are.
1: Yeah, no, because I don't know whether he brought in Carmelo on that. I do, and and what's his name? Bringing in the, the other kid's not that old. The kid, that, the kid that played what well, didn't play well the other night is not that old. Oh, uh, Westbrook, Westbrook. Yeah, Westbrook's not that old. The guy here's the greatest line of all time. was uh, Charles Barkley calling uh, Anthony uh, Davis street clothes. Uh, street clothes, Davis. He never plays.
0: <laughs> Barkley's I mean, the best. Uh, Barkley's the best. Street Clothes Davis. <laughs> Nate, let's wrap it up on Street Clothes Davis. Good luck to your Michigan team. Some people may listen to this after they've already won, but I feel confident they'll win, so that's no big deal. And you we'll do look, it again, again like next Michigan week. You too? Yes. Oh, good. Good to hear that. Yes. Okay, we're, we're on the same page. I think it's going to be really tight. I think, I think, I think they're going to have to win it at the death. I think that game's going to be one score either way the entire 60 minutes. Well, I'll be in a hard rock box at the Orange Bowl. Call me. No, you know I will. That's Ric Flair. I am Mark Madden. This is Woo Nation Uncensored. Hey, and by the way, Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Woo!
1: Drinks help me.